Welcome to the Bonnet Talks podcast, hosted by me, Amma Apia. This podcast is a platform for young people all over the world to share their current experiences and thoughts about what the heck is going on, child. From the Black female dating experience to surviving adulthood struggles in London, we chat about it all like a FaceTime call. Hey y'all, you get to spend your Friday with moi. In this solo episode, I reflect on three things I've learned since moving home for quarantine a year ago today. Can you believe it? (laughs) I also talk about the odd nostalgia that we all feel when we think about the beginning of quarantine. Or is that just me? Come on guys, really? Like you don't miss the smell of the Dalgona coffee you just made in your kitchen, doing the super lonely, savage TikTok dances because you thought you were going to be a TikTok star, the online workout classes. Come on, guys. I can't be the only one. (laughs) Join me on this moment of reflection. Let's listen, shall we? Hey, 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 guys. I am back this week with the Bonnet Talks with the solo episode. We're doing a little bit something different. I know we usually have a guest, but this is really important. Um, This time, I'm here to reflect on the fact that it's been officially one year since the Panasonic, the panoramic, the pandemic was officially called. And today, the day I'm recording this episode is actually one year since I've moved back home from Boston into my parents' home, which is kind of crazy because first of all, what the hell? Like time has gone by that fast. I literally couldn't see past a week (laughs) when when this was officially happening, when we kind of shit went down. And it's kind of amazing. It's just amazing that we've made it a year and just so much has happened and we've learned so much. Um, And today when I was thinking about what I wanted to say in the episode and thinking about how I want to go about this reflection, I found it really crazy because when we're actually told to not come back to the office for two weeks, I actually didn't go home right away. Like I ordered Domino's pizza. I was celebrating my life to the fullest, had a big, large pizza, had a marble cookie brownie. If y'all know Domino's, y'all know those cookie brownies hit. Um, I put candles on. I watched YouTube for a few hours. I watched BTS's uh, variety show. Like I was living the life, just doing nothing and just being like, I don't have to go to work for two weeks and just being so excited. And I feel like somehow my mind subconsciously knew that we wouldn't be back for a while because I was really taking my sweet time, y'all. Like, I just did not care. I was like, this is a time to uh, take care of myself because I had been so stressed from work. But then at the same time, shit was also happening that week. Like, I think about that week in particular, March 18th, March 13th that week, Uh, and let me set the scene. Everyone could not find toilet paper in the grocery stores. People were taking pictures about how the meat section was completely empty. Um, Donald Trump is giving this speech about how he's closing the borders. Like it felt like I remember sitting there watching it and texting all my friends and saying that it literally felt like we were in a scene from contagion. Like that's pretty much what it felt like. And, um, Fast forward one year later, here I am sitting in my apartment in Washington, D.C. on spring break in the middle of grad school. Like, what? While also thinking about, you know, shit like the Megan Harry interview. Child, we may have to get into that later. I'm still thinking about it. And just in addition to that, all the crazy things that have happened since then. Um, and the fact that today we are actually going to be hitting 100 million vaccines being um, dispensed, 
which is, you know, if you guys follow, um, well, you should, if you guys follow President Biden and, you know, political news and just keeping yourself informed, you would know that um, one of Biden's campaign promises was to vaccinate 100 million people um, within his first 100 days. So it's, I think it's day 58 now. I just heard this in the news and he, we are going to be hitting 100 million vaccines um, being dispensed today uh, or given out today. So I think it's, no one knew this would come and it just makes me very happy to uh see such um see such some like i don't even know if it's progress because at the same time so many things are happening that are setting us back like uh this week we've just seen that vicious vicious uh attack on Asians in America um it's been happening for a while now especially especially with uh, our former government kind of perpetuating this narrative of, of Chinese virus and blaming the cause of the virus and the Chinese and all of this stuff or Asians. But this week in particular, six Asians have died uh, as a result of a hate crime down in Atlanta. So, you know, as much as we're making progress, we're like also setting ourselves back, which is, I don't even know at this point. I'm just like, I don't know. So <laughs> I thought basically, guys, I thought that this would be a good time to talk about a few things that I, I learned in the pandemic because we love a good reflection moment. Am I right? And just some tangible things that maybe you guys can also take away from our experience in the past year. I would love to know how you guys are looking at this whole thing. Um, I know we've pretty much like everyone's been talking about quarantine and the pandemic for X amount, like a year, basically. Um, and that's pretty much what all everyone can only talk about because that's what we're experiencing right now. But I think it's really important to, as I say on the show all the time, take inventory on yourself and really figure out, you know, what you've been doing. Have you, are you where you're supposed to be? Do you feel good? Like, do you, what are you, what are you doing? So I figure this is a good time to do a solo episode on this. So I'm excited to tell you guys what I've learned. Um, this was definitely very interesting <laughs> to think about uh, because I really spent some time on it and I don't know. Let's see if it continues, if I will continue to learn things after this. I don't know. So the first thing that I definitely learned through quarantine, which it's something that I should have learned a while ago, especially with graduation and post-grad kind of starting over and that whole sentiment. Um, I learned that I should really stay on top of my relationships. This is so, so important obviously with us not being able to see people so readily and being able to go out and spend time with people, it's just so important to find creative, new, fun ways to build relationships and maintain them um, on you know, a virtual platform or through the internet or through our various forms of communication. I think something for me is that I tend to be very okay with just being alone for a while. I, I've never always been like that, but I think in post-grad, because I live by myself, I'm just very good at like not texting. People who know me know I'm notorious for that. I could go months without saying anything, but then I see you in person. I'm like, ooh, that's my bitch. Like, eh. like it's like we go back to like nothing ever happened. <laughs> like just we go back to right where we left off. Um, and I realized how that wasn't really sustainable for quarantine. How do you guys feel about this? Because um, 
in quarantine, you really had to make the effort to reach out to people and to go out of your way to interact, right? Because we couldn't readily do that. We weren't doing it naturally through our environments. Um, and I didn't realize like how much it affected me, but it also made me realize how much it affects my other relationships. And so it made me think about, okay, in a normal circumstance when we weren't in a pandemic, how would this look like? How would this be? Am I doing enough and putting enough in my relationships? Like usually I'm the friend that really goes above and beyond to do that. But then the pandemic made me realize that it's so important to to continue to um, you know, find creative ways just to be with people and get to know them. Um, and something else that made me realize was that I think we spend so much time focused on how to actually get friends, how to make friends. I mean, you look at when we grow up and you think about how we used to be so stressed, and maybe not everyone, but I mean, I, I did for sure feel so stressed about fitting in and how do you make friends and who likes me and who doesn't. And, you know, we worry about getting the friendship, actually gaining it. And then when we get into the relationship, we don't really know how to sustain that. There's no talk about how do you maintain and sustain a friendship. And that requires a level of vulnerability, right? To connect with someone on that level and to get to know them and get deeper. That requires some form of vulnerability, some form of extra effort that is not really necessarily talked about. We kind of just talk about, you know, getting the prize or getting the friends and, um, I think this time around with quarantine, we really had to think about, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not me- seeing these people every day anymore. Like I'm not seeing them through class because we're not in class in person. I'm not seeing them at work. I can't just reach across my desk and just talk to people. Um, and so what are the ways that I can still make these connections and build these relationships and maintain them for the long term? Um, and I think I just realized different ways I could do that. I realize, you know, as much as I hate texting, I love talking on the phone. And so if you are a friend of mine, I literally will call you. Or if you call me, I will answer right away, probably more so than a text. Like, don't even text me. (laughs) Another thing is that people love voice memos now, which makes me, guys, I'm so relieved because that's like my thing. I would rather send you a voice memo (laughs) than text you. And if I don't reply right away to your voice memo, it's because I either can't listen to it right away or I actually want to take the time to actually listen to what you're saying and reply back. And I love that because you need that that extra level of thinking and listening. Um, those like listening skills are so important to relationships. Uh, and I love it. And I think it wouldn't have really – this level of thinking or my view of this wouldn't have changed if it wasn't – for quarantine. I think it was like a catalyst, obviously. Like quarantine was a catalyst of this. And I think it's really important. Um, And I think a lot of people have also just realized that too, because I've noticed within my friends that they've also found different ways to connect as well, whether it's through Zoom, obviously, or WebEx or Netflix parties, Hulu parties now at this point, like everyone's getting a party. So (laughs) whether it's through like virtual movie streaming parties, or if it's sharing music, or if it's just talking about, you know, what we're doing in quarantine, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of things we're doing and how you can, you're inspiring others or whatever it is. Like we are 
finding new ways to maintain relationships and be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open. And I really love it. So I think that's one of the most important things I've learned through the quarantine process, which leads me to my next point. My next thing that I've learned, my next lesson, um, and that is you know, letting social media and technology and the internet work for me. Now, to explain this, you're probably like, what, what? <laughs> but obviously, since we couldn't go out and everyone was online, I actually took my own advice for once, guys. I know as a Virgo, like we give so much advice. We give our opinions when no one really cares. Like <laughs> no one really asked for it. And then at the same time, I never take my own advice. So anyway, this might make you question you listening to this episode, but Anyway, ciao. <laughs> but I took my own advice for once and I took control of what I was seeing on social and how I was actually using it. I talk about this a lot on the show, but I think what I'm going to say here is a little bit different. A little, There's a little bit of a nuance. Um, and I think I just learned and decided to actually take the reins and create I realized that I wanted more than just reading tweets or looking at pictures, seeing what other people were doing. I don't know if you guys feel this way at all. I've been feeling like this a lot, even before the whole pandemic thing happened. But I just feel like social media doesn't feel social at all anymore. Like it's a very passive experience, if that makes sense. I started to think about when I first joined social media, right? So let's transport all, let's teleport all the way back, time travel all the way back to 2012 when I first was allowed to have a Twitter account. I had that One Direction update Twitter account and it was the most fun time of my life. Me having that account for like eight or nine years, let me tell you guys, it was so fun and it really was because of like, it was a community that on, online that was just so engaging and we all had these common interests and we all just wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to make friends through it. And I did. I made so many friends who loved One Direction and also were international. And I learned so much from them. And it just made the experience that much more enjoyable. You know, listening to music could be a very passive thing depending on how you look at it. But because I've ex- I extended it a little bit further through the internet and social media, it became such a an engaging experience for me. And I it really helped me a lot in my relationships with people and how I viewed social and my my love for it. And I just feel like that experience is not here anymore. I think in 2021, 2020, like it, I think we've gotten to the point, especially with Instagram, where it's just so it's so passive. Like I'm looking at this photo. I might like it because it's a pretty photo of someone I know or the colors might look great or I don't know, I like the place that they're at. I don't know. I just like it and keep moving. I try and leave a lot of comments if it's like people I know (laughs) because I love that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's nothing that is really exciting. Like I just don't find people doing – having internet friends anymore or like – I mean they they do actually. In the influencer marketing world, I feel like there is that kind of community – But otherwise, I just don't feel like the social aspect, the exciting things, the fun, enjoyable parts of social media, which is creating communities and building relationships, it's just not there anymore. It's just really just who can have the best photo and who could have the most relatable tweet that everyone can just like and retweet. Um, 
you see a tweet, you like it because it's really relatable. If you really endorse it, you retweet. Oh God, that's like a huge step. You know what I'm saying? Like that's pretty much what it is. Um, now we have Clubhouse where we can get a little bit more value out of it, which I think is awesome. But otherwise, I just don't see the same. I don't get the same feeling. And now when I think about like my One Direction account, it feels very nostalgic because I just felt like social was so simple then. Like Instagram, I was just posting what I wanted. I'm not. I can't tell you they were good photos, but there were things that were happening in my life. Um, and so that was exciting, right? But or at least for me, maybe no one else cared, but it was good for me. I didn't care what like what my page looked like. I go look back now at my page. I've archived so many photos, so don't even try to look. But <laughs> but that's just how it was. No one cared. Um, and then it just also made me realize that I there were things that I wanted to see and things I don't want to see. And I just got the courage really to just unfollow people, not even mute them. You can mute people. I highly recommend doing that. But I just realized I was like, why am I fearing the wrath of people if I unfollow them? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> so I unfollowed like, you know, I unfollowed, I think, 500 people two or three months ago. And now I love what I'm seeing on, <laughs> on my socials. I'm sorry, everyone. But like, I just wanted to make sure that what I was seeing was something of value to me, something that was inspiring me or motivating me to do things and you know, people that I I admire and people that I really want to build relationships with and and actually get to know, even if I don't know them at all, maybe they could become an internet friend. Like that's actually how I view my social. So I think I've just learned in quarantine how to make it a more engaging and active experience, especially when, you know, with everyone going online because of quarantine, it got a lot. Like it got so toxic on there. It was crazy. Um I mean, I just, it was too much. I think it was necessary for us to really rethink how we're using social. And I think it was the first time as well that we all kind of said, hey, we should just be ourselves on here and just do whatever we want. Like it was the first time I actually heard of people doing that and actually seeing people posting themselves in their loungewear or, um, you know, posting these conversations with friends and, people starting to be more creative and all that stuff. So I think now we've started to see more of a community-oriented social media again, um, which is weird to say because you think that's pretty much the premise of social media. You think that's what it would be, but it's really not. So um, <laughs> and hopefully I think we'll get more towards that with the removal of likes and stuff as well. Y'all, you should let me know what you think about that because I started to see that on my Instagram and I panicked for a sec, but then I was like, oh wait, I actually can vibe with this. So I'd love to know what you guys think about that in particular. But anyway, the community-oriented aspects of social media, technology, and the internet, um, kind of bringing it back to basics, kind of brings me to my third point, uh, my third lesson that I learned through quarantine, and that is understanding that I'm actually capable of doing what I want. Now, if you've been following the Bonnet Talks since the beginning, uh, you would have listened to uh, this episode where I sat down with my friend Meg O'Neill. Um, she's so incredibly smart and so just thoughtful about these kinds of issues. And 
um, we sat down to talk about imposter syndrome because that was her research dissertation um, when she went to grad school in the UK. And that's something I've always, always struggled with, with in college and post-grad especially. Um, but the pause of quarantine really brought me the room. It gave me the room to actually take the leap to do what I want through self-validation. Um, and that's what I mean, you know, about the community aspect of social now where it's like people are just doing what feels good. I think generally people tend to look at their peers to gain permission to do something. We always want to look to our left and right just to validate by someone's body language or someone's verbal permission to say, oh, like this is a good idea. Oh, you should do this. Um, and in quarantine, I learned that the hardest part is really of doing anything is really getting started and to get the validation, right? Because you want to get started only if other people are going to buy into it um, or it makes you feel safer. And I just realized like the more you want, you do what you've always wanted to do, the more confident and comfortable you'll even feel just talking about it more often. Um, and so I think with social, back to kind of just tying it into my second point as well, because I said it it does relate. It's just that um, I just spent more time focusing on what I want to do, not caring what other people say, like just posting how I feel about things. I really wanted to bring value to people um, through things that I love to do and connecting with people through things that mean a lot to me and things that have high value to me. Um, and I think I've just become a lot better at being more open about that through quarantine because that's all we're left with at the end of the day. If you're not getting like the social validation, I guess, through being in these environments at school or, you know, through work or all these things, the only person you're responsible to really is yourself. You're the only person that says yes or no to what you want to do. And you can end up hindering or limiting yourself. Um, and I just realized that, especially in quarantine, that you know I could really do anything like I really wanted to do and that I'm actually capable of doing it and that I actually can succeed in doing it. And if people don't believe that right away, like I'm going to show them that I can. And that's only going to happen if I give myself that validation. And uh, in quarantine, it was my most creative period which is really weird because you would think that, you know, we'd all be kind of exhausted and not really know what to do and just be like very demotivated in quarantine, which y'all I was like towards the end. I really, we're not the end of quarantine. I shouldn't say that. We are, you know, in the, like the second wave phase, I was really feeling it like the demotiv demotivation and all of that. But I think in reflecting as a whole, I really think that it was my most creative period and my most confident period. Um, yes, I would post things or like do things where I'd be like, ah, I don't really know. I'm just going to drop this in the fire and see if it explodes or not. I don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. But I, the thing is, I did it anyway. And I did it with my own self-validation. I didn't do it with, you know, I didn't really listen to what people said. And the thing is, people buy into it later. When you are passionate about what you're doing and you are excited about what you're doing and you talk about it more often and you feel more comfortable in even speaking the words, people are going to buy into that. And that really works not only just for this scenario that I'm talking about with, you know, um, 
you know, quarantine and just people being more open, et cetera, you know, it can be applied to even the job process. When you're talking about interviewing and for a new job or an, or an internship, it's the same thing. Same thing if you're applying to schools, or you're doing interviews or same thing if you are just trying to make friends. Like if you want to be with people who genuinely radiate your energy and genuinely really like what you're doing and you can really connect with them, just be open like this and just say, this is what I like to do. Validate yourself. Don't create excuses for yourself and say, oh, and I do this all the time. It's like, oh, you know, it's silly. I, I used to like One Direction. It's kind of a silly thing. No, own a bitch. You love One Direction. You had an account. All right, child. Like you help people meet them. Like own it because you never know. <laughs> you never know who might come out and be like, ooh, wait, hold on a second. I was a Zane Stan until he left on March 25th, 2015. Um, Yeah, you can tell I'm still upset about that when I have the date memorized. But you know what I'm saying? Like you connect with people through that. Um, And I think that only comes if you are validating yourself and realizing that you are capable of doing what you want to do. Um, And I still have imposter syndrome for sure, but I definitely think I've had a big shift since I first graduated from UConn, my my undergrad university. Um, it's definitely, I'm just not as scared anymore about it because I validated my I've validated myself and um other people have validated me in the process after my self-validation because that should always come first. And so it's been I I feel so much more confident about this kind of stuff. And yeah, you do have your moments where it's like, oh God, like I'm not actually the person that <laughs> everyone thinks I am, but you just have to remind yourself and remember remember how it's all about self-talk and how you phrase your story. No one can write the story for you. You do it. Um, and you know, that's the thing you can take out of quarantine is how did you, what is your story in quarantine? What did you learn? What were some of the lessons that are important to you in this time period that you can take with you in the next, I mean, I almost said like five years, but honestly, the rest of your life, because I think this is just such a monumental time for all of us, especially as 20 something year olds. Um, It's just like, like how, like, it's just such a weird freaking time. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, I think those are the really the main things that I learned through quarantine and are all really focused on relationships and understanding yourself and using the tools that we're given in the world to really benefit you and make you the happiest you can be and the best you can be. Um, and in, you know what guys sitting here reflecting about this stuff, I'm kind of in a way missing quarantine. Gasp. That's crazy to say, but it's true. Not that again, as I mentioned, we're not out of quarantine y'all. I see y'all in spring break. Ciao. It's not over. But what I'm saying is a year ago, right? So March 18th when I'm recording this, a year ago this time, what were we doing? Everyone was really bonding on Instagram and Twitter, um, talking about Dalgona coffee, how to make it. Everyone was looking up YouTube videos about that, posting their Dalgona coffee on Instagram. Everyone decided to start something. Everyone and their mother started a podcast, including me. Although I will give myself some credit. I've been trying to start a podcast since 2015. So y'all don't come for my ass. Okay. And everyone was on TikTok playing, was dancing to Super Lonely by Benny. Savage Beyonce remix came out and the world stopped. It was like, 
Yeah, Beyonce Savage Remix came out and the world freaking stopped. Like, I don't even know. Like, I remember I was doing TikTok dances. I was like, should I do a TikTok? I don't know. And it was just such a – it's weird because it's such, it was such a simple time. <laughs> I don't know. It was such a simple time, even though it was a scary time. Like, imagine, we didn't know what was happening. All of a sudden, like, Harvard decided to close their campus and say, okay, everyone go back home within two days. And then everything else closed. And then suddenly we ha- we're out of toilet paper in the grocery stores. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, everyone on WhatsApp is sending threads of just pictures of the grocery stores just being empty. Everyone was on Instacart trying to order everything to their homes. Like, that's just, that was March 2020. And as crazy as it sounds, I kind of miss it. <laughs> I'm not saying we should do it again, though girl i'm just saying it was an interesting time because everyone it was toxic but also like everyone was trying to do right by each other in some form of way and we were all trying to rally together we all saw that embarrassing like montage of those celebrities singing imagine by john lennon it wasn't the best (laughs) it wasn't the best uh way to remedy the situation but they at least they rallied together come on guys um, but yeah, it was just, I just remember spending the first few weeks with my family and just being like, just watching the news, like glued to the news, figuring out what the hell is going on. Um, I remember everyone talking about, you have to take the coronavirus, you know, seriously and making videos about it and saying, literally canceling people for going on spring break for this kind of stuff, which honestly, child, you shouldn't have been out there. But, um, you know, everyone was making those videos. Everyone was talking about it. If you go back on YouTube, you can just see everyone made those same kind of videos at the same time. And I honestly, after this, I'm going to go watch some of them because it must feel so different right now. Like just watching it a year into it, how like the feelings that people had. Um, I also made a video about how people, young people specifically, should take the coronavirus seriously. You cannot find that video on YouTube because I privated it, but... (laughs) But even I wanted to say something about it and just so many people were speaking up about it. And I think this was, I guess that could be another thing I learned this year was just, you know, people, it's, it's just important to speak up about these things and just be honest about it and call things out for what they are, you know? So it's just a, it's an interesting time. I feel like we're going to have memes soon. Like once, once we can actually laugh about quarantine at some point in the near future, I feel like we're going to have like the March pandemic, the pandemic March 2020, like starter pack. And it's going to be Delgo and a coffee, um, tissues for crying. <laughs> Literally like, like watch like the Miley Cyrus's show. What was her show called? Um, I can't remember, but you know, like people, there were just so many things that we could do to spend the time and people were trying to be productive and people were trying to work out, taking hot Pilates classes online on Instagram live. Miley Cyrus had her show. Um, she brought people who we would never think she would even talk to in years, like Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato and it was crazy. Like those are the kinds of reunions that I was living for in quarantine. Don't you guys miss it in a way? Because now it's kind of, everyone's kind of back to normal. And I'm like, oh, 
Like, can we all be together again and create fun stuff for us to do? Can we all like make a new recipe? If it's not Dalgona coffee, can we like do something else? <laughs> I don't know. But with that, I am going to leave you guys this week. I will be back next week with a new episode with a guest. I'm so excited, guys. I booked about 10 to 15 guests for interviews. And you guys are going to love them. Like I, I, I'm just so excited. I'm feeling so creative. And we're approaching one year of the Bonnet Talks. So you know I had to get you guys the best content out there because you guys have been so supportive of me in the past year. And you guys have really loved and embraced the show. And I'm just so excited for what it's become and how many people are listening. Like you guys are awesome. So please look forward to these new episodes. I'm so excited to talk to everyone. And, uh, you know, that's something that quarantine has brought, brought me is, you know, again, kind of going back to my first point about building relationships, I've gotten to make so many new relationships through being creative through my, my podcast. And there are people that I really admire and people I've always wanted to be friends with that I can now have relationships with because I just love their values and I love what they're doing. So, um, thank you guys for, thank you guys for elevating my platform, for joining in with me every week, for listening. It's really meant a lot. Um, so we're going to be hitting one month from now, we're going to be hitting one year of the bonnet talks. So I'm so, so I'm just so pumped for that milestone. And then, um, I will be also having some fun stuff on Instagram. I'll be posting again on there cause I've been saving up a lot of content. I'll be doing a lot of Instagram lives with some of our guests that we'll be having on the show. And then we'll also mix it up with some Instagram takeovers. Cause I know you like to, you guys really like the Instagram takeovers and you like to ask questions. So I will be continuing to do that. And I will be on some Clubhouse shows. If you guys are on Clubhouse, you should definitely look out for it. Look out for me. Find me on Clubhouse. Follow me. I will put the information down in the show notes. But I will be having some shows on there soon. That will be an extension of the Bonnet Talks. And I am hype because I think it's going to be so fun. The guest hosts that I will be, um, you know, the hosts I will be co-hosting with, they're going to be so fun. Like they're just on my level, same energy. I love it. And we're going to be talking about things that I just am so excited about. So look out for those things. If there are topics that you want me to talk about on the clubhouse app, um, please let me know because I have a list of things that, um, I will be hosting rooms for, but I also want to hear what you guys are looking forward to. So with that, I hope you guys are enjoying the Bonnet Talks episodes. Please look forward to more and I can't wait for you all to see what's coming next. And thank you for sticking with me. So hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. Let me know what you guys have learned this year in the quarantine time. Let me know how you guys are spending quarantine now versus a year ago. Um, and let me know if y'all are like kind of over it. I hope you guys are vaccinated. Um, are you guys seeing a lot of people vaccinated in your area right now? I'm not, but it seems like, um, back in Connecticut, young people can start to get the vaccine as of April 5th. So it's going to be a party, hopefully socially distanced, six feet away party. Uh, <laughs> it'll be good. Listen, as long as I can go see Harry Styles in concert in October, because everyone's vaccinated, I'm good. That's all that matters to me. So <laughs> with that, I'll leave you guys have a good week, everyone. Bye.
you love the conversation. If you like this content and are craving more, make sure to subscribe to the pod and check out the show notes to catch up with me on social, find behind the scenes content and more fun. Until next time, I'll be here in my bonnet. Bye.